Cincinnati. Welcome to episode 209 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name is Paul Hirons and we're back for another chitter-chatter about all sorts of things. And uh, joining me uh, now is Nathan Palmer. Hello, Nathan. How you doing, my son? I've got to start this episode off by wishing you a very happy birthday on behalf of myself and all of the listeners. Well, I think that's very kind. Uh, 25. Can you believe it? I've hit that milestone mark. And uh, yes, no, obviously I'm uh, I'm 50. And I'm going to own it, Nathan. I have been dodging that. I've been having trouble saying it because it seems so weird. Uh, but I'm going to own it. I am 50. Five, got- the big 5-0. Paul, why 5 How about that? There's got to be, I think, talk now that you've hit 50 about what the succession plan is for this podcast. What do you mean? Well, there's going to come a point, you know, we've been going for about, I must have been going for about five years or so now. Back in that day, you were in your early 40s, you know. There's going to come a point where, you know, standards are going to slip and we're going to need to move on and I'm going to have to find a new co-host. So I just think, you know, maybe this year we start exploring options, you know, if anyone's you know, on the younger side out there looking to get into the sort of nice local friendly podcast, oh. then, you know, keep keep us in mind. You know how to make a man who's uneasy with extreme middle age uh, nice and happy, don't you? Bloody hell. Anyway, where is your card and where is your present? I didn't get anything from it's you. It's a good shout. It's a good shout. I mean... You uh, give it all about, oh, my co-host, five years, and he didn't even get me a bloody present, for God's sake. Uh, if you were in London, I'd be in the same room now. No I'd excuses. No Although you did say some strippers and a curry that you suggested, so maybe I'm quite pleased that you didn't get me uh, a present. Eh? Hey? Depends on which order, I suppose, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, or if it's at the same time, you know. <laughs> Have you ever eaten a meal while someone's been stripping off their clothes in front of you? Oh, thankfully I haven't. Right, I'm going to rectify that for your birthday, my old son. Don't <laughs> worry about that. Well, my birthday's in a couple of weeks. So you got Is it? You got a bit of warning now, so you can. So that's uh, it. I'm going to make you feel really bad because I'm going to lavish you, and it's not even a special birthday for you. It's a special birthday for me. You didn't even get me any presents or cards, and I got loads of stuff through the post today from so-called friends. Uh, well, basically, you know who your friends are. Basically, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to make you feel bad and lavish you with loads of presents for your birthday. And uh, started cheery and you know put love on you, and I've ended up my, having my pants pulled down in front exactly. of Exactly, we're back to the strippers again, aren't we? Bloody hell! Um, 
I am drinking, however, on this auspicious occasion. Dear listeners, I am recording this on my birthday. Now, that's commitment for you, isn't it? Um, I'm drinking black cherry rum. And I tell you what, it's an absolute dooze. Oh, man, it's really lovely and smooth. Just a hint of black cherry. I might be quite drunk by the end of this podcast. So you're basically... It's my birthday party and you're all invited. How about that? And one person who is invited, and I know that's going to show up, is our special guest this week. We have got Sky Sports NFL pundit uh, Phoebe Schechter. Uh, You know her from... uh, Yes. Yeah, I mean, she's amazing. And she's not only just a broadcaster, but she was the first British female coach in the NFL, uh, thanks to her time with the Bills. She's Great Britain's uh, uh, women's team captain as well. She's a flag football ambassador. She's into kabaddi. Is there anything that Phoebe is not into and does it very well? So uh, I think uh, we're all big fans of Phoebe, so um, that's coming up. She's invited to the party. She's coming. She's she's already texted and said she's coming. Um, so that's good. Fantastic add to the Sky Sports coverage as well, because at times I was a little bit, you know, dubious with the, you know, the sort of coverage on Sky. But I think she really has added to it in a positive way. So, yeah. No, she's very good. Genuinely very good indeed. Um, We're going to talk a bit, a little bit about um, the recent comings and goings, because there have been some. Still some big questions on that roster as we edge towards the draft. It's only less than a month away now. And the Bengals have been signing players. So should we just go through where they are, Nathan? And we can talk about uh, all of this business. Go on, son. I know you've got your list in front of you. Right. Departures. Hayden Hurst. Samaj Pirine, Jesse Pace. <laughs> oh, Jesse. Uh, Von Bell. But signed, re-signed, either uh, re-signed or signed from elsewhere. We've got Caladomitis. Jalen Davis, Joe Bacci, Uncle Mike Thomas, Jermaine Pratt, Travion Williams, Orlando Brown Jr., as we know, Trent Taylor, Cody Ford, Nick Scott, Max Sharping. And then, uh, in the last few days, uh, Sidney Jones, the cor- uh, the cornerback, most recently with the Raiders. But, of course, uh, you may know him best, I think, from the Eagles Super Bowl uh, winning run a few years back. And uh, the tight end of Smith so you know lots of people wailing and gnashing their teeth about the tight end position certainly Uh, and now we've got a former second rounder on our books so I mean to be fair I think he was pretty much the only quality uh, tight end left in free agency but it does help now we don't have to kind of reach too much in the draft for a tight end I don't agree with you son oh hello I've been a little bit, I, I, no disrespect to Irv, but I, I've been a little bit underwhelmed with that. I thought it was a real shame, a real, real shame what happened with Foster Moreau. And I think we've got to yeah, just yeah, yeah. Absolutely. say that we wish him all the best in his recovery and hope he makes a speedy return and, um, you know, and that. Because he seems like a fantastic guy and, you know, you just, you're thinking of him in this time. But he would have been a really good possibly an upgrade I think over Hayden Hurst or certainly sort of similar level kind of player and with the greatest respect to Irv, um, Irv Smith I, I'm just not you're not uh, feeling it no I'm not I think he's a bit injury prone that is the, true 
is which is not when he, when you're kind of putting all your chips on him at the moment. I still think the Bengals are going to have to draft a tight end in the oh, first yeah. second and round. And you know what else? I think they will sign either Mitch Wilcox and or or Drew Sample. I do. Yeah, but I, that again, that not, again, no disrespect to those guys. That doesn't fill me with a ton of confidence. I just think we've regressed at the position. I think Hayden Hurst was a sort of pretty, you know, middle of the pack, maybe slightly below the middle of the pack tight end, but paired with the weapons that we had around him, did a good job, played well, played with a lot of heart, um, and I was impressed with him. Irv Smith, you know... <sighs> what I've seen, though, is pretty good once he's on the field. It's just getting him on the field. Yeah, no, he's young and he's obviously, you know, formerly uh, second round pick and he'll look better, no doubt, with Joe Burrow throwing in the ball. I'm willing to give him a chance. I just think that we have probably got worse at the position right. um, initially. And at the moment, you've got Devin Asiasi is the only other guy um, in the tight end room. Now, Tom, I know Tom McDowell's favourite player. Yeah, I know you've got two, um, you know, guys that could come back, as you just mentioned, but... Again, neither of them, from a starting capacity, feel me with an enormous amount of confidence. So, like I said, you, you are backing yourself into a corner in the draft, really, that you've got to draft a tight end um, in rounds one or two. Because I think if you get if you wait until round three or later, at that point, you're going to be lucky to get any sort of production in year one. And then if you're pinning all your hopes on a guy that has a, a history of injuries... I wouldn't say he's unproven. He, he's played, you know, he's had some, you know, a couple of two, three hundred yard receiving seasons. So he's had a bit of experience in the NFL. Like I said, he's only going to benefit as Hayden Hurst did from playing with someone like Joe Burrow. But you know, you, we don't really want to be regressing in an ideal world. So you know, if we go and draft a guy in round one, someone that we're really happy with, maybe one of the best tight ends out there, or we get, you know, we move back in the draft, whatever we do, get someone maybe at the top of round two, if you're moving around, or even, you know, someone, you know, that we quite like moves down, um, and we snag him at the end of the second. Then, Snaggle? Yeah, if we do that, then maybe, maybe, but <laughs> I just feel like we've gone from having a slightly below average to average tight end to having a pretty... You know, unknown quantity, I would say. Yeah. Well, I, I think we have solidified that position, but you're right. I mean, I think we still need to draft a, a game changing tight end, and there's plenty of them in the potentially in the draft, you know. So, I think there's probably 30 tight ends in the NFL that you'd rather have over Earth. <sighs> All right, Mr. Harsh Pants, bloody uh, hell. Uh, I'm not dissing Earth because there are 30 good tight ends out there, you know, across different teams. I just. For me, I don't think, I don't know, I completely agree with you. With Foster Moreau off the table, he's probably the best guy out there. You know, there aren't anyone else out there. And I think this is where the Bengals, perhaps in retrospect, I don't know if they thought, oh, yep, we've got Foster Moreau tied down here because obviously the Joe Burrow, um, you know, the LSU connection and whatever else. I think maybe they thought that that was going to get done. And like I said, Foster Moreau would have been a very good signing. And who's to say, you know, that was just taken out of their hands on a very non-football basis. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I would imagine that Foster Moreau perhaps would have chosen us over the Saints, you know, but obviously that didn't happen. That's not necessarily the Bengals' fault, you know, because if we'd have got Foster Moreau, I think everybody would have been quite happy with that. But... Don't bring um, back Hayden really in some ways. That's something that I'm yeah. just slightly having. Because I, I think if you, if you bring back Hayden Hurst... For another year, or even on a two-year deal, when you draft someone, you, you, you don't put as much. Yeah, pressure but he on wanted you. a multi-year deal, and the Bengals just weren't in a position or wanted to do that. So, 
you know, it is it is what it is, isn't it? Um, just looking at my Twitter, Nathan, and what's happening down the right-hand side. Um, let's have a look. Sports trending, Corey Davis. Um, NBA last night, heat at Raptors. Sports trending, Emirates Stadium. Trending in United Kingdom, congratulations, Harry. And sports trending, Keith Arswank. <laughs> What or who is Keith Arswank? Goodness me. Anyway, I thought I'd better mention that. Um, um, Sydney Jones, then, um, could mean could spell the end of the Eli Apple era in Cincinnati, do you think? Yes, I think possibly. Um, which is, again, a surprising one, I think, because Eli Apple, I know he's been up and down and, you, you know, there might be question marks potentially inside the building around his his conduct and some of the way he handles himself, on like, especially on social media and things like that. I don't know if perhaps it's that's something they've taken into consideration there because his actual performances have been fairly, fairly decent, certainly for the money we were paying him. I think you could say yeah. he's it worked for us over the last couple of seasons um sydney jones i mean the the thing is with a lot of these signings cody ford sydney jones nick scott irv smith they and this is with the greatest respect to them, they're not top tier guys they're, they're kind of you know lower tier guys third fourth fifth round sort of um so fifth sorry third fourth fifth wave kind of guys in free agency they wouldn't be making many people's top 100 list of free agents out there the one thing I would say is you're hoping here that the Bengals can continue their frankly outrageous streak of yeah. getting some serious good value. Well, I was going to say, did got... you say the same thing when they signed Chidobe Awuzie? Um, did you? I mean, I said the same thing when they signed Eli Apple. I was not a fan of Eli Apple, but you look, yeah. you look what Lou and Robert Livingston have done or did with Eli Apple, they made him into an above average cornerback. And he actually, apart from, you know, he had his moments, but he played, actually played really well um, yeah. compared to how he has done with the Giants and Saints, etc., and wherever the hell else he's been. But I... Yeah, they've also got an elite guy in Orlando Brown. And, uh, you know, you, you can't... We, we knew that it was going to be hard with the amount of extensions they've got coming yeah, up yeah, and yeah. the quality talent they've got they got Jermaine Pratt back which is a very good signing you know I don't think a lot of us thought that was going to happen everyone's been moaning about the offensive line and the left tackle position since Andrew Whitworth's gone you've got yourself a franchise left tackle which is hard to come by um and hard to come by as being you know not really doing it justice it's extremely difficult to get yourself a franchise left tackle that can be plugged in start week one and you know is going to perform at a good level so They've done a fantastic job there. If you've got to go slightly lighter in terms of experience and quality in other positions for the moment, then that's fair enough. And I can't remember which listener it was last week that tweeted in that was saying, look, you know, this is where the Bengals have got some good drafts. You know, if, you, if we can get some good production out of some of these guys um, that we draft this year that can come in and play fairly quickly, um, a bit like Cam Taylor-Britt did last year, come in, make an impact, you know, as a, a guy that was drafted, um, not in the first round, that, that's what you need. You need your Dax Hills to step up this year. You need a guy, but it be in the first round, second round, people to come in and, and make an impact to make this team better than they were a year ago. Yeah, that's why I don't mind the Sydney Brown signing at all. He's got experience, got great, he's a Super Bowl winner, uh, he's a solid character by all accounts. 
And as I say, he's not going to be a starter, uh, all being well. It, from what I hear, Cheeto's Cheeto, um, recovery from his ACL tear is going really well. Um, so the hope is that he will be back as as the starter. And him and Cam Taylor-Britt fills you with some confidence, I would say, certainly on Cheeto's side. But we'll have to wait and see. So as a CB3, I don't mind um, Sydney Brown at all. And I expect them to draft someone uh, as well, and they might even re- they might even re- depends what money they've got in the pot left over. They might re-sign a Trey Flowers. They might re-sign um, Eli Apple. Who knows? He's currently unsigned. So you know this again. This is not the end of the story. We're just on a particular part of the journey, if I can, if I can say that, Nathan. One thing I want to talk about, yeah, is the backup. No one seems to be talking about the backup quarterback situation. There was a report uh, last week that the Bengals uh, were in for Cooper Rush and yes, yeah. he decided to re-sign with the Cowboys. And that 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 got me thinking. It's like, well, we, we haven't even mentioned the backup quarterback because it's always pretty, for the past three years, it's always been a given that Brandon Allen is going to be the backup quarterback and he's not been re-signed yet. So I wonder if they are looking at making a change at that position, perhaps getting a bit younger. Um, another downside to that, obviously, Brandon Allen's a great team guy. He, him and Joe Boy get on really, really well. He knows the the system, the scheme, the players, etc., etc. He hasn't set the world on fire, that's for sure. Some people out there will say that's an understatement. Uh, and people have been calling for a new backup quarterback um uh, in the past, uh, well, for the past few years, really. So, you know, the thing is, it staring in front of you, son? Is it Jake Browning? I know they brought him up from the practice. Well, squad. Were, I think uh, Paul Dana kind of said they do rate Jake Browning quite heavily. And again, if you're talking about continuity, he's been with the team a couple of years, and he's flashed during preseason. He's looked all right. Um, but yeah, no one's really talking about backup quarterback. I know there are greater holes to fill on this team, but yeah, it just interested me really. Uh, you're right; could, that's a really good point. Could be Jake Browning, could be someone else. If they've been going after someone like a Cooper Rush, who else have they got in mind? You know, well, Cooper Rush would have been a serious upgrade on Brandon Allen. I mean, I thought he was excellent when he stepped in last year for Dak Prescott. He played well. He played well against us. He did, you know, didn't he? Bloody hell. Yeah, I, mean, I think the Bengals would have seen that and thought, you know, bloody hell, this guy, you know, would be a good player. Brandon Allen's been okay, isn't he? He's a smart guy. He's been on the team. He knows the system. Like you said, he's good friends with Joe Boy and um, he is a solid guy. But I'm not sure he's, you know, a top backup out there. He's been okay when he's needed. I think if, you know, Joe Boy um, got injured at all at any point and was down for sort of four, five, six, seven games, would you trust him to come in and win three or four of them, keep us on track? I, I don't know if you would. Mm. Um, you have seen backups around the NFL come in and do that. I thought the Ravens were a good example of that, where they sort of, you know, were able to be competitive. They took us all the way, you know, really, when you look at that with Tyler Huntley. If that wasn't for that freakish Sam Hubbard play um, that completely turned the tables, they were on the verge of doing us away from home in the playoffs. Oh, no, right, now, yeah, yeah. 
and would we have been able to do the opposite and go into Baltimore, um, put them on the ropes with Brandon Allen, um, you know, albeit a freakish play at the end. I'm not quite sure I'd feel as confident um, if Lamar Jackson especially was playing for them and they were at full strength. So, you know, I, I do think there's an argument you could get better there and you do have to, you know, plan for that. There is various situations um, around the league every year where a quarterback goes down for a period of time. And at the end of the day, that could be a season on the line, depending on how well that quarterback operates for the four six ten however many games it might be even if you just won it could be a playoff game you know it could be down the stretch where you need someone to come in look at the chiefs you know whether they've got that backup quarterback coming in leading them downfield in the playoffs or a crucial touchdown so i think there's i, I do think it's a position that shouldn't be overlooked if they're going to go with jake browning i think that's a risk unless you know he has an absolutely sensational pre-season but i think they'll definitely i i really strongly think they'll probably look at someone in the later rounds maybe bring him in four fifth six round pick and compete with jake browning um and then see which one of them um comes out best from camp but again you, you're going with inexperience if you do that which is a you know slightly risky Indeed. One thing, before we get to Phoebe, our special guest, Phoebe Schechter, Sky Sports NFL's Phoebe Schechter, um, we need to talk about these Ezekiel Elliott oh, yeah. rumours. Yeah. Now, initially I was like, what? No, you don't want... Because you kind of automatically think he, he would take over from Mixon, but I don't... I think I said this on the podcast the week before, that you're just replacing like for like, really. Uh, and you could argue that Elliott is perhaps on the way down you know, farther on the way down the mixing it. Yeah, I agree. Um, but then uh, people were kind of saying, "Well, no, if you got, he he would make sense as a as a as a as a second running back to take over the P right role. He's got an excellent uh, pass blocking rating. He can come in and bulldoze people. He's a he's a hard runner. And if he's sort of you know alternating with Mixon, um, yeah, that makes more sense to me." I'm still not sold on it 100%, and Zach Taylor kind of uh, quashed some of the rumours, or at least uh, half-arsedly quashed some of those rumours during the owners' meeting earlier uh, this week. Um, what are your thoughts on Big Zeke coming to the Bengals? Oh, I'm, I'm not... I mean, you, the only thing I would say is, because he's a big name and he, he's been around and he's... He, I mean, you've got to say, in his, in his prime and when he was running hard for the Cowboys in the first couple of years, he was one of the best backs in the league. And um, you kind of expect someone like him to come with a hefty price tag. But the reality is, is he wouldn't at this point. Um, you know, like you said, he's on the way down. I can't imagine it'd be more than a one-year contract. If he was to come in here, even if it's a two-year contract, I'd be a bit shocked. There'd probably be an easy way out of it. But... I don't know, man. I, the idea of having two running backs, like you said, on the way down, you'd hope maybe that they would kind of motivate each other as two, you know, sort of former fantastic top five, maybe top ten running backs. You know, they've got a bit of experience between them, as you said. You know, could he come in as EQL Elliott and be as good as Samar JP Ryan was? If that's all you're asking and you're not paying him much more than you would have paid Samar JP Ryan, then the answer might be yes, because he brings experience. He brings, you know, he's a fairly decent pass blocker. He's a hefty guy. You know, you can use him in the goal-to-go situation and smash him up the middle or maybe, you know, give Mixon a break there. And, and stuff like that but I don't know if it fills me with confidence going into next season with Joe Mixon and Ezekiel Elliott again if you'd had the two of them three years two three years ago 
you know you you're very very excited you're rubbing your hands together you're getting you know all a bit giddy and doing a bit of a jig but i i'm not sure in running back years at this point in their careers you know necessarily if it fills me with confidence i think i'd much prefer the bengals um to go out there and draft a running back fairly high in the first three rounds um bring in a bit of youth at the position um give someone a chance and if that's with joe mixon then fine and you know what if it's with ezekiel elliott kind of fine as well if you go if you were to get a guy in round two maybe round three that you were really happy with or you moved up or you just got a bit of a steal and you paired him with a veteran like elliott or mixon like i said i think you know, maybe I'd be okay with that. But two guys, you know, slightly on the way down. I think more than anything, they'd just lack that top-end speed. You wouldn't necessarily um, perhaps have that. But then I don't know, maybe that's a disservice to Joe Mixon. He'd certainly tell you he's, you know, he's still got that speed. But I don't know. I'm I'm not – it doesn't fill me with too much confidence. I, I just feel a bit uneasy about it or I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm with uh, it. I'm with it. It's a bit of a dickhead, is he, Elliott as well? And he, like, <laughs> let's be honest, he's a bit. Yeah, I know. It's a bit yeah. of character and a diva, and there's been some, you know, fairly unsavory things said about him in the past. Um, I don't know. No, I'm with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. It still feels very murky on the whole Joe Mixon thing, doesn't it? It I mean, does. I mean, I, I, and well, as well as Jonah Williams, you know, those are the two yeah. big questions going into the draft. Something may happen with Jonah before the draft or during the draft in terms of trades or for picks or whatever it might be. Who knows what's going to go on with Mixon? We're just going to have to sit tight, Nathan. Now, now listen, I've got a... Right, I think when you get towards the start of the season and, you know, the, the roster fully takes shape, it's going to look a lot different than it will now. And Normally at this point, you kind of feel like, obviously apart from the draft picks, the, the roster's fairly set barring a couple oh, of... I don't know, man. I, I'm okay with it. We're just going to have to wait. I mean... No, I agree. I mean, it's just... You know. I don't, I don't, there's not... It's a negative thing. I'm just saying that it will look very different because, I, I you know, will Jonah be here? I, I'm not... I mean, he, to be fair to him, came out and said this week, you know, because I thought it was a little bit... Um, a bit extreme that he just came out immediately. He was like, look, you know, I want to be traded, not happy with this. But he came out and said the Bengals didn't consult him on it, didn't say they were looking at Orlando yeah. Brown, didn't say they were moving him to, to right tackle. Now, you can understand why that would cheese a player off, that, you know, as far as he was concerned, it's his position. And he finds out, you know, the guy's been signed and gets a phone call. But, you know, but equally, are you going to turn down 12 and a half mil? Well, no, I mean, but I don't think he's going to hold out, is he? But... Well, oh, yeah, who knows, who knows. Anyway, listen, I've got, I thought uh, we'd play a little birthday game. Um, I saw earlier on Twitter, maybe last week, that someone was very happy with the Irv Smith signing and proclaimed that Irv Smith is the answer. And then it got me thinking, well, what is the question? So we're going to play a game called If Irv Smith is the answer, what is the question? Okay? Um... I guess it's a bit like, well, it's exactly like a very well-known um, American game show. Um, so let's start. Are you okay with that, Nathan? You understand that? I'm going to give you an answer. You've got to come up with the the question. It's got to match what I've got. On you explain it to the show, and if I'm honest, I wasn't sure. But <laughs> well, we'll give it a go. We'll give it a go. We'll give it a go. I'll do my best. All right. Okay. Right. So let's start with Irv Smith. If Irv Smith is the answer, Nathan, what is the question? The best tight end in the NFL. 
No, well, no, but the the question I've got is who will be next season's starting tight end for the Bengals? Oh, I guess it's a bit more simple than that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, again, if you win, if you win this. You'll you'll get a point. You're currently one. I owe you one point. I can't remember what game we played. Uh, so, if the answer is Jonah Williams, what is the question? Next year's right tackle. Oh, he's got it. Who is the front runner to be the Bengals' starting right tackle next season? If the answer is Jonah Williams, what is the question? What is the other Jonah Williams question I've got on my sheet? The person most likely to be traded away from oh, the Bengals. You mother lover, you're quite good at this. You're two and one. Uh, right. If the answer is Ezekiel Elliott, what is the question? The most likely Beng- the Bengals backup running back for next year. No, I've got who is not going to be RB1 next season. Two and two. Right. If the answer is Cock, what is the question? Um, <laughs> what would some people describe Ezekiel Elliott as? No, you can't say that. What is a male chicken? Two and three, you're losing. Um, <laughs> if the answer is peanut butter on a bagel, what is the question? Now, this will tell you whether you actually listen to what I say during these podcasts. Your favourite snack. Oh, it's my favourite breakfast. I can't give it to you. Two and four. Oh. If the answer is a cornerback, what is the question? What position does Sidney Jones play? No. What will be the selection in the first or second round of the draft for the Bengals? Now, that is rampant speculation from me but that's what i've got down on my sheet you're two and five shocking really isn't it questions have got to be asked <laughs> the if the answer is palmer fc what is the question who is winning this sunday between palmer and palermo no which team is going nowhere in Serie b this season <laughs> two and six okay final question or answer or whatever if the answer is to be or not to be, what is the question? Pass. It's a trick question. There is no question because that is the question, Nathan. I, I, I'm not good at this game, am I, son? I'm, I'm I'll give not, you that I'm, one, though, because you passed. So, actually, you abstained from answering, which was probably the right answer. Three and seven. So, basically, we're even. We owe each other a point. Oh, so we've got to meet up and have it then, haven't we? And I'll probably owe you a couple for your birthday. So Exactly, probably... and a present as well. Do you know what? what? Do you know what? And like, you can keep edit this in, I don't care. <laughs> I have been absolutely all over the place at the moment for a new drink. And you know how the Aperol Spritz is like taking the UK by storm and everyone I loves I know it. what you're going to say because I follow you on Instagram. I know what you're going to say. I, Tina, the Singapore sling, <laughs> it is filthy it is an unbelievable little drop right all right tell me what's in a singapore sling just remind me it's been years and why now why are you into a singapore sling one i had one in singapore when i was out there at the end of the year i was like cool actually these are a bit naughty aren't they and then i was out in london and i was like oh my i have one of them again and i'm absolutely hooked on them it gets you really likely i don't know it gets you quite 
in a fun drunk mood it's quite fruity and sweet and a bit got a bit of a kick to it a bit like me know, it puts you in a good mood and it's oh it's, it's what's very in it? Where am I? go on then what's in it then gin cherry brandy um benedictine right um i think it's lime juice pineapple juice and that what's that bitters something bitters. angostura angostura bitters yes that yeah yeah oh, okay so yeah, it's a cocktail it. then. I was expecting to give me some new beer that you tasted, but no, it's a Singapore sling. There you go, listeners. There's a cocktail bar in Kentish Town. I don't know if you know it. It's underground, underneath the Assembly House. Well, you know, you've taken me there before. No, hey, I've been there for the first time last week. You're talking about ladies and gents. All right, where's this one then? It's underneath the Assembly House on the corner by the station. And ah, uh, yeah, 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 another one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lovely, lovely little gaff. All right. Well, we'll talk about this offline. This is probably. Boring the pants off people who don't know what we're talking if about. You haven't had one, listeners. Have a little cheeky Singapore sling at the weekend if you can find somewhere to make. I'm not a gin fan at all, I have to say. But sounds yeah. fruitier than just normal gin. Anyway, we should stop this. Let's bring our special guest in, shall we? And as promised, here is our special guest. Uh, you may know her face and her voice because this is audio, obviously. Uh, from Sky Sports NFL. It's Phoebe Schechter. Phoebe, welcome to Cincinnati. Thank you so much. And I love the name. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, as I mentioned, you know, we've, we've obviously seen a lot of you uh, recently on Sky Sports NFL, and particularly as Bengals fans, because, you know, normally we're in a dark room watching Game Pass on our on our laptops. But recently... The amount of games that the Bengals have been featured on Sky Sports has been, I mean, it's been huge. And there's a reason for that. Obviously, you guys pick the best games with the best teams, etc. And I think we're one of the best teams now. As weird as that is to, to say as a Bengals fan, we are one of the best and most um, watchable teams. So um, would you agree with that first and foremost? Yeah, I think that you guys are so exciting to watch, right? I mean, you keep people on the edge of their seats, whether it's coming back from big score differentials or, you know, just the great relationships between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I mean, people like to exceed this kind of exciting new wave of football and guys like Joe Burrow himself have, have really been a big part of that. And I know that even from Cincinnati's perspective, the way that the whole kind of community is bought into this kind of Joe cool attitude is is really exciting and people want to feel like they're a part of something like that so why wouldn't we show games like that absolutely I mean can you can you uh expand on that a little bit I mean what have you what what has really uh I guess specifically impressed you when it comes to the Bengals and their kind of climb back up to relevancy you know I think first off getting their running game going has been a massive part of their success you know we look at we look at last year or season before, I guess it is now, you know, and, and we talk so much about Gerald Burrow not having the protection, not having the offensive line that he needs. There are a lot of offseason moves to kind of build that up. It still wasn't great. And the fact that, like, you know, Joe Burrow gets hit X amount of times, probably some of the most within the league, but the way he just gets back up, he never says anything negative towards his players. He's just like, hey, we go again, we go again, we go again. And I think elements of that have been so exciting to watch. Um just because you just want to see somebody who's got that kind of built for adversity feel and, and still, you know, we go back to Joe cool, but even, 
look at Zach Taylor and what he does, like going into the bars and, you know, giving out whatever. It's just like the way that they're so connected to the community. And you can see that even with you guys in the podcast, you know, everything just feels like they're really wanting to build this massive, massive brand and community worldwide. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and no doubt there will be more Bengals games on Sky Sports next next season. <laughs> I'm interested because, you know, as I say, normally we watch on Game Pass, but now we're used, more used to Sky Sports be- and seeing Neil and you and Jeff or Jay Bell or whoever it might be in the studio, it's a long old broadcast, isn't it? You're there from like, <laughs> what, say 5 p.m. in the UK right through till goodness knows when take us a little bit behind the scenes i mean it feels like you guys have a really fun time and that comes through on screen um i mean are there snacks how do you keep going for (laughs) that amount of time it's crazy yeah so um i found my routine now i think part of it is finding a routine like anything you do so i get to studios around 2 30 have my my pre-dinner dinner then, you know, go into hair and makeup and all that fun stuff. We start doing our rehearsals at probably about like four if we're going live at five or, you know, 4.30 if we go live at 5.30. So we do about, you know, do our rehearsals, go over it, any more collaboration. Because earlier in the week, to be clear, we have our weekly meeting talking about what we want to discuss on the show. So that's all, you know, an hour long meeting going over everything that we think is important. Um, and then in like once we go live, it is just full on, you know, yes, coffee and snacks are mandatory, especially for myself. I get hangry, (laughs) (laughs) but genuinely it's just the games have been so exciting. We've been so fortunate to have so many incredible games, but the camaraderie, like you talked about a little bit, the way that we all get on with each other, you know, we collaborate, we get to just sit and talk and, and talk about football. And, you know, that already kind of like energizes all of us because we're like, this is great. You know, when we do some of the days where some of the ones, I guess, into the playoffs where we were going to like three, four in the morning, some of those games were a bit tougher because there were some, you know, we look at the the Cincinnati Buffalo game. It was not where we thought it would be. And, you know, it gets a bit kind of quieter. Um, (laughs) But just just the the chemistry between all of us, I think, keeps us all going. (laughs) What's what's a Monday morning like after a playoff uh, Sunday for you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because it's like an hour and a bit home from the from the state studios. So right. I probably get back to mine around 2 a.m. But I think the hardest thing, and I think I speak for all of us, is we're all like at this level because we're so excited. We've you've been watching these games. You're, you know, you're yeah. on it. So I don't fall asleep till like 4 a.m. because I'm just buzzing still. I'm just so excited from from everything. And so then, yeah, probably it's a, a later lion on a Monday, but it's it's key to kind of you know, get to the gym, get back into routine again, because before you know it, Tuesdays are review shows and then you've got her huddle and it just kind of keeps going. <laughs> yeah, I can. I think you're allowed a little lion on a Monday morning after that. Um, now, we, <laughs> we had our International Women's Day episode a, a few weeks back, um, but you, I think it's safe to say you are an inspirational figure to many female fans in the NFL. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, I mean, this references your time at the Bills, right? You were the first fi- a British female coach in the NFL. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about your time at the Bills, how it came about and what, what you kind of took away from that? 
Sure. So essentially the way it came about was I applied for something called the Bill Walsh Diversity Fellowship. And that is pretty much just an opportunity for minorities to kind of get a foot in the door at elite level sport. Um, so you still have to go through a rigorous interview process. Nothing is guaranteed. Uh, but for me, it came down to the Falcons and the Bills. And, and I ended up going with the Bills um, pretty much off of a gut feeling as well. It just felt like the right fit for me um, and them for that matter. And, you know, I think one of the things, and, and you say it there, like we talk about the first a lot, and I think it's really important that no matter what we're the first of, is that making sure that you're not the last. And that's really key because I would never want to be in a position where other people didn't get an opportunity because of me. So that that's a pretty big driving force for me. And, and anything that I do now, you know, making sure that these doors are open for others, or, or as I like to say, like send the elevator back down, because mm-hmm. this sport has given me so much and changed my life completely. I just want to find a way to give back and create opportunities. But I'd say some of the biggest lessons just from being in Buffalo, and, and there's quite a few, don't get me wrong. Um, but one, like you have to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, like why would anyone else back you like that? Um, mm. To know your value, know what you bring to an organization. And that doesn't always have to be tangible. You know, for me, when I first got to Buffalo, I didn't know as much X's and O's as some of these people who had been playing since they were four years old. But I was humble enough to admit that and asked a bunch of questions. And I knew that my skill set was, I'm going to bring you consistent, positive energy every single day. Even when we're losing, I will be me and I'll be the same. Um, And I've got interpersonal skills and those are are really key. But, you know, when you look at all of that all packaged and, and I think imposter syndrome does play a role into people's lives. And especially for myself, who was like, I just get lucky. What am I doing here? You know, all these thoughts go through your head, but it's you've been chosen because of who you are. Right. So that authenticity of who you are, that's why you're there. You know, we don't, I don't, I don't want to be like someone else. I want to be me. I want to improve, but I, I'm, they've hired me. And I think that's really key. And even bringing that into sky and, and what I do with them, you know, I'm there to, I'm, they've hired me because of who I am and I want to be myself because the players know it too, right? If you're not yourself, you're going to get caught out and they're not going to trust you. And that's what it's about because at the end of the day, all the players care about is, can you get me better? Yes or no. Okay, great. Um, So those are kind of been some of the many lessons that I've learned, but it's just, there's so much, right? And there's so much that you can relate from elite sports into business and, and vice versa. And I think there's, really great ways to be able to to take from one another you mentioned that like the players don't give a monkeys right they just want to learn they just want to get better they don't care if you're man woman dog well they probably do but um you know what i mean it's like um but we're we're, it just it still feels like the nfl a bit of a man's world um but so in terms of acceptance and the working environment did you what did you take away from that? Were you accepted? Were your ideas taken on board? Did you manage to kind of establish that, those relationships of trust at Worley with the Bills? Yeah, massively. And I think there's multiple ways to do that, right? Because any any good organization is built off of trust. I would say with elite sport, the difference is, is that trust needs to be built really quickly because you've got such a shortened window 
you know, you think OTAs training camp, because once the season starts, like we don't have time to be do, you know, you, you build on top of the foundation, but you don't have time to establish trust like that. So um, a lot of that does come down to vulnerability and, and everybody has an opportunity to be vulnerable and you have the power to do that because, you know, if I open up to you, Paul, it should take down in theory, your walls and you'll open up to me. So being able to do that throughout the season is key. Um, but I think if you're planning, like I need to make these people trust me, it's just not going to work like that. It has to be again, authentic, right? So something as simple as, okay, you ask me, Hey, what time is it? Or what time is our next meeting? It's at this time. Okay. Every day you can come back to me and ask me what time is it? And I'll give you the right answer. And then you start building, I'll ask more questions, I'll ask more questions. And before you know it, you're looking to this person for answers all the time. Well, we've just built a trustworthy relationship because I'm giving you the information. So it doesn't have to be such a intense moment when we talk about trust. It just has to be, can I rely on you? Are you going to, are you going to give me the answers that I need to help me to be better? Um, and it's literally just as simple as that. Okay. That's really interesting. Um, you, you've now moved There are subsequently more female coaches in the NFL uh, and you moved on to broadcasting, but is it, I mean, do you still get that itch is, is, is becoming or carrying on your coaching career, something that you'd like to pursue in the future? Massively. And, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I still talk with Buffalo all the time and, you know, even working with a bunch of these teams, like talking to them about, Hey, training camp opportunities, OTA opportunities, because I don't ever want to stop developing for myself. And now I feel like with Sky, not only do I want to not stop developing for myself, but now I've got I've got a, a duty to all of our viewers, right? I, I want to be able to give the best analysis of the game as possible. And part of that is continuing your development like you would in any other role. So I I definitely want to be back with the team. I think there's a, a long-term goal of that and making sure that I'm putting the right things in place. It's been an absolute opportunity to be able to work with Sky Sports and now watching NFL games like I'm a coach. I get to break them down, whereas there's a period of time there where the game was on and I was watching it, but I didn't have intention when I was watching it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's like coaching in a slightly different way. And you've got to remember there's like – I mean, the the one nice thing I think about the NFL community in the UK is the gender balance. Obviously, that there's more uh, it's skewed male over female, but there is a there are a lot of female NFL fans uh, out there. Are you are you conscious of that? Are you, you do you feel like you're part of their development if that doesn't sound too patronizing do you know what i mean well, you're part of all our development really man woman child whatever whoever's watching right yeah i think that it's it's always something i think about you know we had a couple of those live events in manchester and that was really cool because i got to actually meet some of the female fans and you know having that conversation with them and you know for them to say it is so great for us to see a woman in this role Whereas for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm just talking about football with friends, you know, but actually there's a, a bigger picture and piece to it where, you know, people see that and they think I'm more, I'm going to engage more with this sport because there's someone that looks like me, which mm -hmm. has been really powerful for me. And the messages have been so lovely. 
Um, I, I think when I look at NFL and I look at the analysis with Sky Sports, my ultimate goal is how can I be a, an educator? How can I be a teacher? And finding a way to, you know, the NFL, we make things so complicated for no reason. We have 20 words for the same thing. So how do we make this as simple as possible? You know, I, I was taught, I was taught young in my coaching career that the hardest thing in football is to make it easy. So that is my ultimate goal every time that we get to chat about it. Um, I'm going to wrap this up in a minute, Phoebe. Uh, thank you so much for the time. Um, I mean, we could talk about you captaining the GB women's team. We could talk about your flag football ambassadorship. <laughs> we could do a whole podcast on Kabaddi, for goodness sake. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, um, what... What I'll bring this back to the Bengals in a second, um, obviously, because we're a Bengals podcast. But uh, what is your advice to any young woman or girl out there who wants to take up the sport? Might, might have seen you on the telly. You know, as you mentioned, it's all about visibility. If they can relate to you and see you on screen uh, and they like the sport. What's 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 your what's your advice to someone? Because it feels quite a healthy scene in the UK at the moment. Yeah. And we have such a great community around it um so just i mean literally go for it you know i think for a lot of us fear is what holds us back you know whether it's the fear of failure or not knowing what's on the other side but i promise you will not regret going to a session meeting new people from all different backgrounds and literally the community that you build and speaking from a, a female's perspective the confidence and the way that it empowers you when you kind of walk around you're like yeah I play football <laughs> you know it's it's a really powerful thing and and just take the chance take the risk get involved and you never know what could happen down the road so yeah absolutely <laughs> um and finally back to the Bengals um it's very early in the process obviously we are refreshing twitter every 30 seconds to see if any <laughs> signings have been made we've got the draft mock drafts every three seconds yeah. um but as i say it's very early in the process but um how do you see how do you see us shaping up for next season and and what do they have to do to get over that final hurdle they've been so close on well certainly one occasion very close to getting back to the super bowl it's a remark it's been a remark as for fans it's been a fantastic thrilling unbelievable brilliant ride and i always tell people as someone who's lived through the horrible years uh or the mordor years as i like to call them <laughs> it's you've got to enjoy every moment of this because the nfl the way it's structured is built for parity and you know who knows what's going to happen but how do you see i get what can the bengals do basically to to just clear that final hurdle well, I think the fact some of their signings so far are a really great step, you know, especially offensive line-wise, Orlando Brown, Cody Ford. Like, these are incredible additions. To did really you work with Cody Ford? I did when he was in you Buffalo, did. yeah. Give us the scoop on Cody Ford. What kind of geezer is he? <laughs> what kind of geezer is he? <laughs> you know, he's a really great guy. He was a young buck when I had him. I mean, I, I'll right. have to send you a picture when he was a baby, essentially, as a rookie. Um you know, and just the way that he is, the way he learns from others, you know, the way that he's emulated some of the great offensive line that he's been around has been, you know, it's it, to see him now and see where he's developed to, you know, all of them still have lots to work on, but he's someone who's really coachable. And that's a really great start because he'll fit in nicely with the rest of that offensive line. And that's, you know, we talked about 
the year before they built it up. Last year, they still had some issues. These two additions can be really brilliant um, to help protect Joe Burrow, which is we just need him to stay up, right? And and kind of going off key a little bit, you look at guys like Tom Brady who have had long careers of standing in the pocket. You know, they, for the most part, have had really great offensive lines and it creates that longevity within their careers. Joe Burrow has that ability. I mean, the flick of his wrist, the way that he's going to, he's able to be so accurate. You just got to give him a chance. And I think by just adding these couple extra people, keys, it could be massive for what they're able to do offensively schemed wise. Fingers crossed. Let's keep it. Yeah. Those fingers crossed. <laughs> Phoebe, thank you so much for the time. What a treat it's been to talk to you. Uh, we look forward to seeing you on the TV and perhaps it's a summer events. Who knows uh, in the future, but uh, for the meantime, thank you so much for the time. Thank you so much. There we go. That was the brilliant Phoebe Schechter. Thank you so much to Phoebe. And we can't wait to see her talk about more Bengals games uh, because, uh, as I mentioned, um, we saw her quite a lot last season because the Bengals are now fashionable and uh, they're on Sky Sports quite a lot. Make of that what you will. Um so huge thanks to Phoebe. What a star she is and a very inspirational uh, woman as well. So I hope uh, hope you enjoyed our chat with Phoebe. Uh, right, let's get to our questions, our Twitter feed, at today underscore UK. Let's start with dis- at Disciple of Ange. Um, I'm so glad it appears we can go BPA now, says Sean. Haven't paid a lot of attention to the draft as where we pick makes it tough. Where do you stand on the lads from last year? I want Eli back still, although unlikely with the signings. Wilcox too, and maybe Allen. Also, many happy returns, Paul. Also, over under on officers suplex during the birthday celebrations. Well, I am indoors for my birthday, Sean. So uh, unless there's a there's a garrison of police officers downstairs uh, causing a ruckus, then um, there will be no. Um, suplexing tonight who knows what's going it's got to be about 10 years since that happens it's got to be about maybe it's got to be nearly the 10 year anniversary of that it's due for another right so um you know maybe when i'm drinking singapore slings at the weekend um uh right uh martin um at dorset bengals for my birthday i'd wish for the bengals to have a top draw end russia that'll be lovely my birthday isn't until October, mind. P.S. Can you please give a shout-out to the Admiralty Pub, which is now ready to open on the 5th of April after being damaged in a fire a while back. Absolutely. There we go. The, the Admiralty, of course, is uh, uh, or was the scene of fan- two fantastic Bengals uh, weekends, and I'm sure anybody that's listening in the States who came over for the Bengals game in 2016 and then again in 2019 will attest to uh, the Admiralty's warm hospitality and what fun we had in there. Who knows, we may have some fun this year as well. Seiji, Earl of Norks, uh, he loves the Smith signing and the Sydney Youngblood IV signing. I'm not sure... Yeah. as we don't have to reach as much in the draft. If we can get a running back in free agency, Ezekiel stroke Eckler, I reckon our team, right tackle, might be on. He's got a point. Mozza at Mozza 92. Really like the Jones and Irv Smith signings a lot, and I like we're looking for additional bodies on the defensive line. Um, yeah, I think Basham and Kentavious 
Street had been uh, in for visits, and uh, if if Contavious Street is not a solid handle, I don't know what is. Um, anyway, he really likes it. He feels much better going into the draft now. Quick one: any thoughts of a Bengals UK meet up over the summer again? Please, absolutely, Mars. There will be something. We're in the planning stages at the moment, but let's get the draft out of the way first. And uh, yeah, we're thinking about venues. Uh, we've had two really great. Uh, summer meetups and uh, there's no reason why we shouldn't have one this uh, and there's no reason why we should have one this uh, this year as well so um, Donny at Ippy Don not the Beng- not Bengals relevant but I'd say but what's your uh, Lamar Jackson hunches do they trade him is there anyone actually interested I'm kind of interested um, just because if if Jackson goes from Baltimore then the Ravens are weaker, and that's a good thing for the Bengals, right? So, well, it is an interesting one, isn't it, with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson? Because ultimately, they're our biggest threat with him there. Um, if he was to leave and we wouldn't have to face him twice this season, I think you'd be quite happy with that. You look at the Browns, they're, you know, I, I'm not quite sure they're the threat. Depends on how Deshaun Watson does in his second year back. The Steelers, Kenny Pickett could take a step forward, but you've got Mike Tomlin there and, you know, he always has them well drilled. But the Ravens are the biggest threat. It, it's always a challenge playing Lamar tw- uh, twice a season. But saying that, and you look back to the last two seasons, and this is what Arthur Blank came out and said the other day from the Falcons. He was saying, look, you know, there is, I think there is a little bit of a concern around the league about the way that Lamar Jackson plays and the hits that he's taken and, and stuff like that. And, can he maintain that? You know, are you willing to give him all this guaranteed money over the next five, six, seven years, what some of these quarterbacks' contracts are, when he's taken this sort of punishment? He's, he's still a young guy. I mean, he's younger than Joe Burrow, I believe, um, which is remarkable. But he's been in the league a while. He's taken some big shots. You know, he's obviously missed the last couple of years. He's missed games over the last couple of years. That's ultimately cost the Ravens from being competitive. Um in the postseason, so I do think there's a bit of reluctance out there from teams. I think teams would absolutely, obviously, still take a punt on him, but for the money that he wants and for the, you know, the sort of guaranteed money as well, the length of the contract, I do think there'd be a few nervous people out there saying, "Oh, you know, he's good, but you know, we're going to marry ourselves to a player that you know might miss time, might go downhill quicker than you think um, for a quarterback." I mean, you look at Cam Newton, what happened to him? He went mm. straight at a certain point you know when his body caught up with him after years of taking you know brutal shots and Cam Newton's a much bigger guy than Lamar Jackson you saw it with Robert Griffin with the injuries that he sustained as a sort of mobile quarterback you know arguably Colin Kaepernick who you know slightly different but um, you know did take a fairly sharp decline in his play after a lot of sort of rushing so you know if if someone like Jackson loses speed he's got a couple of you know niggling long-term injuries that will potentially scare teams a little bit. Um, but it's certainly a fascinating one that will directly impact the Bengals. OK, Leon Cook at Cook Ra. Darmid Russell at Darmid Russell. Simon Walker at Grass Bandits. Um, they are all asking Bengals draft questions. So, Leon, what would you be your birthday wish for the Bengals draft? Darmid says, happy birthday, Paul. Thank you, mate. Uh, any draft crushes established? I'm working on it. They're starting to develop. Uh, and Simon uh, Grass Bandits um, does mention who he fancies. Well, ask some questions about the offensive line in the draft. 
But he also asked, does Simon, any free agency running backs we can kick the tyres even if we don't buy? Yeah, I think there is, you know. Um, Leonard Fournette, maybe. There was rumours that Kareem Hunt, they were interested in Kareem Hunt. I hope not, because I think he's a despicable human being. Um, Mark Ingram, obviously he's 33, not that great. You're looking at people like... Um, you know, Latavius Murray, who's been around the block a few times, he's 33. Kenyon Drake, 29. It doesn't yeah. really... I mean, Marlon Mack, 27. Mm. Uh, oh, great list. Uh, Jerick McKinnon, I like, from yeah. previously of Kansas City, but he's 30. And I'm not quite sure whether they fit the profile. There is one person, I think Andrew Dockerell originally mentioned this guy, and he does fit the age profile and he's flashed every time that we played the Steelers and that's uh, Benny Snell Jr. Um, but I still, you know, that, that's what we're looking at. So, I mean, there's Rex Burkhead and, you know, even Gio Bernard if they wanted to bring him back for a year. But, um, yeah, so there's some people out there, but I, I don't know, not many people that... Um, it's a bit worrying, isn't it? Because if you don't, I mean, you know, as much as we're sort of... They'll, bit... they'll draft someone, they'll draft someone. Yeah, they will. But um, the thing is, is if they, I think if they can't bring someone in that they're confident could somewhat match Mixon, and I think that you could argue Zeke would match him just about, or like maybe it wouldn't be a huge drop-off, then you draft someone and you've got a slightly higher upside for your second back, then fair enough. But if, if Zeke goes somewhere else and... You know, some of the names you said on there, I mean, you're certainly not cutting Joe Mixon for one of those guys and going in with him and, you know, a third-round pick, are you? I think that would be a fairly poor move. So, you know, if I'm Joe Mixon at the moment, I'm feeling fairly good about my chances. Yeah, no, Well, we'll see. We'll see. A lot, of, a lot of media out there that still say that keeping Joe Mixon for... 12.7 whatever he, whatever is owed or against whatever he counts against the cap this year is untenable so we'll just have to wait and see michael smith at conniving underscore crow solid handle happy birthday chief and we've made signings what's the best piece of advice you are happy to share bloody hell um don't know i wish i had um advice to share about life but i don't really just go out and live it and be yourself i'm really not one, i tell you what i'm not one of those people that go out and say yeah go out and smash it every day go out and be the best version of you frankly i hate that kind of shite um it's all about just surviving and you know getting through the day as best you can really not very inspiring, I know. Hire me for your TED Talk, I think. That's that's uh, people should do. Duncan at Dastardly Duncan. Solid handle. Good, welcome back to Duncan. I know he had a bit of a Twitter break. Hope you were refreshed. Many happy returns to our fearless leader. Thank you, Duncan. Seems like a good time to look forward and back. So, what is your proudest moment stroke achievement of Bengals UK so far? Oh, that's a good call. I'll ask you that as well, Nathan. But for so, me, obviously, it's the Super Bowl party. <laughs> no, it's nothing to do with the volunteer. Um, yeah, definitely the Super Bowl party. That was incredible, really. Uh, what we managed to get done in a week was was <laughs> amazing. I think, personally, everyone knows how much I love Sam White and how much he meant to me. So speaking with Sam on the podcast was a genuine proud moment for me but doing knocking out podcasts every week is pretty 
makes me proud as well and just the way the community's grown you know and, and the friends are you know being a facilitator so people have made friends both with people on this side of the pond and uh, and in the u.s and you know that makes me proud as well so uh what was, what was yours nathan by the way um a couple spring to mind i think doing i think it was the 100th episode at wembley stadium yeah that was great wasn't it yeah oh, so that was pretty ridiculous in the when you think about it having the media passes when the bengals were over in the uk and meeting zach taylor in person yeah. and andy dalton and other members of the team was a very special moment you know and it was fantastic just a network with some of the media guys and member people within the team you know doing that on behalf of bengals uk which started in a pub with a couple of people felt like a real you know step forward for us and i mean you, you could go through the list of the guests it's always a pleasure I and mean, for me you know i grew up watching carson palmer in his rookie offset you know his second season and followed him the whole way through and to be having a chat with him his house talking about some of the old times was very 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 special and Duncan also has, what is it on your list still to achieve? Getting Boomer Esiason on this podcast, getting James Brooks on this podcast, um, and and you want Marvin, I know, um, so we'll, we'll try and make those things happen. Um, we, I mean, to celebrate a Super Bowl win, that, that's always the aim, but just to keep growing things, catch up with the Miami Dolphins fan club. We've already overtaken Dallas, which is a personal... Uh, triumph for me because I'm not a fan of the Cowboys nothing to do with the guys in the Cowboys UK fan group but um, that was that uh, gave me some satisfaction but yeah just keep on going still keep growing you know that's that's the plan really and Duncan I know that you're a huge part of it and you produce the fanzine I'm sure there will be a fanzine it's almost time for a new fanzine so look out for news of that dreams of witness at D witness many happy returns you magnificent bastard Paul the Bugle Hirons. Much love from the Orient. Back at you, Jimmy. Uh, a question. If you could be tickled by any defensive lineman in club history, who would you choose? Thanks. I'm fascinated by Mike Reed and Coy Bacon from the uh, 70s because I didn't get them to see them play. Coy Bacon's an outrageously solid angle. Oh, absolutely. And he was a solid player. I want to know more about this guy and why he was only at the Bengals for a year or so. Uh, maybe we should get Ken back on, Ken Anderson back on the podcast to talk about Coy Bacon um, or even Dave Lapham because he's coming up in our draft coverage at some point very soon. Uh, he doesn't know that yet, but uh, I'm sure he'll be fine about it. Um, um, but yeah, recency and obviously, I mean, I loved Crum Wright. Obviously, growing up, he was amazing. Uh, I loved. Uh, by one of them. Who? Sorry. You got to be tickled by one of them. Tickled. Um, yeah, I think it's got to be Gino, right? Well, why Gino for the tickling? I don't know because he's quite quiet and he's quite low center of gravity. So I think if I went with someone big like. Dunlap. I mean, there's no contest. Michael Johnson. I mean, he's one of my favourite players of all time. But is he a good tickler, Nathan? He's got long arms, and he? he'd be like Mister Tickle. He'd be like Mister. Okay, I'll go with I'll go with uh, Mick Johnson or Gino. How about that? He's got quite short arms, isn't he? Wasn't yeah, that one of his? But, I mean, I, I I would imagine he's an absolute demon in the tickling department. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Jimmy also asks, and this is controversial, what did you make of the Jim Trotter news? Um, uh, 
Now, Jim Trotter um, was a journalist for NFL Media. He asked a very pertinent, prescient question to Roger Goodell about um, equality and race in one of the interviews, and Roger Goodell couldn't give an answer, and then suddenly he was out of NFL Media. Um, What do I think? I think people know what I think of Roger Goodell. This is not a good look. I know what it looks like. I don't know if it, if it is what it looks like, but it, I know what it looks like, if you see what I mean. Uh, it's all still floating about, isn't it? I mean, you think normally the people in these sort of top jobs, you know, tend to move on every sort of four, five, six years or whatever it might be. I mean, he's been there as long as I can remember. He's always been fiercely disliked, it feels like, by, you know, most of the NFL community players you know i know staff can't come out and say that but he's not massive like, there's a couple of odd players that has he signed a new multi-year deal or something like that Goodell? so but i mean yeah. in, in terms of um jimmy's specific question i'm not going to get too much into because i don't know for sure what happened but all i'll say is i wish jim Trot all the best who's an excellent journalist and asks some really good uh necessary questions that uh Goodell- well, apologies. <laughs> In typical fashion, there's been a technical malfunction. So things have ended rather abruptly. But you haven't missed much. A couple of questions that we answered. Nathan prattled on for a little bit, as he normally does. So let me do the outro. Thank you so much for all your lovely birthday messages. It really does mean a lot. Uh, a huge thanks to Phoebe Schechter, our special guest this week. We'll be back uh, next week. Uh, it's We're just edging towards the start of our draft coverage. What, what have we got coming up? We've got the uh, annual British fans draft uh, round table. Looking forward to that. We have got Dave Lapham, all being well. And we do have Joe Gabri as well. And remember, it's only, uh, well, it's less than a month until the draft. So it's all ha- going to happen exciting times but anyway until next week uh, once again thanks for all the messages thanks to Phoebe Schechter and uh, it's a who day from me
And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.